Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. My name is Misty Jane, and I am a money coach for hairstylists. I help self-motivated stylists get their financial shit together, creating healthy relationships with money, opening up more options for the future, and eliminating that paycheck-to-paycheck life. I created Backroom Beauty Talks because I wanted to bring real, raw, and unedited conversations to you, uplifting the beauty industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, my beautiful friends. Today I am chatting with Gloria of Gloria Loves Beauty on Instagram. She is a beautiful soul. She is an energy healer and a confidence dealer, which freaking love that line. She is a stylist. She is a salon owner. She is also a coach for stylists. And as a personal self-proclaimed woo-woo realist, I made up that word, I really love Gloria because she is the perfect mixture of badass and woo-woo. She is a healer. You can literally stand next to her and feel it. Please enjoy this conversation. I feel like she gave me a free coaching call and I needed it and I think that you're going to need it too. Enjoy. Hello, my beautiful Gloria. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited <laughs> to chat with you. Um, the last couple podcasts have been all my Tulum girls, so it's been really awesome um, to catch up and let the world hear us catch up. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So tell everyone listening who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, so I'm Gloria. I'm a um, salon owner, stylist, um, and an independent um, business coach for stylists. I do like intuitive um, business coaching mindset. And um, I also do healing work. Um, so I'm in um, California, Sacramento, and born and raised right here. I don't go far. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to leave or you just love it and just don't want to go anywhere? Um, you know, it wasn't up until just recently that I've felt a little bit more comfortable to actually leave. Um, I, just why because, that is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's just go for it. <laughs> All of it. Let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, because I, I have my dad here and um, it's such a short flight anywhere I would probably move to, but um, yeah, so I'm just comfortable here. Well, it's interesting you say that. So I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I was born and raised literally in the same zip code that I still live in to this day. 
and I have no desire to leave and I like it here, you know, like my husband's from here. We just, we like it. Right. But you know, I know you and I know me, we like to get out of our comfort zones. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about how, why do we like to get out of our comfort zones, but we still like to go back to our bubble. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, I think that like when we get out of our comfort zone, just a little bit, like we still have, a, it still feels safe to come back to like where we are, you know, like a control thing kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. Where would you move if you can move anywhere? Um, to Southern California, Newport. So you would stay in California? Yeah, I would stay in California. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I have never been to California, but it's on my list. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's oh. So yes. you on your Instagram, you have energy healer, confidence dealer, and I freaking love that. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about what it, what it means to be an energy healer. Um, so I do a lot of, um, energy, we, energy is just everywhere. Right. And I feel like that has been something that's really helped me. Um, and my growth is just really kind of learning about energy, learning about my energy, other people's energy, um, our chakra system and kind of how it can get blocked. And, um, and it can, when one area is blocked, you know, like anything, it will spill into other areas of your life. And um, I'm also very big about being just as much of a light and a presence as I can, um, even though, even during like some of the things that have been, you know, some of my trauma, you know, which is where I think a lot of the light comes from is, is your dark um, places that you have been. And so, yeah, I'm super passionate about it. Um, and I just love it. I love doing energy work and I've just seen so many people shift, including myself. Um, and then it just, you kind of have a tool to go back to whenever you're kind of um, feeling a little bit funk or you're in a dark place. Or um, So I feel like it's a really, it's been a really helpful um, thing for me and in, in my growth. Um, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it, you know, and honestly, growing up in like a religious um, background, like energy healing seemed kind of um, you know, a little too woo-woo or evil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, that's been a, you know, a huge shift for me. And so that's been a little bit different to kind of navigate through, but for the most part, um, it's amazing. I love it. Well, it's interesting because I always say that I'm now like a, a woo-woo realist is what I like <laughs> to call myself because I have never been religious, woo-woo, any of the things. And, um, in the past couple of years, especially working with Elizabeth, you know, I've started to pull out, you know, learn a little bit about the whole, I, the woo woo side. And, um, I think that's what I like about you so much is because like you have that energy, but you also are still like fun and like, like, you're not like what you would think of as the like typical yogi who just sits and goes, um, the whole time, <laughs> like, you know, I think that the whole the idea of woo-woo is becoming a lot more relatable. I think that people are, are looking at it differently because they're seeing that it's not this, um, this thing that people thought it was. Like, I just always thought, you know, like you can't, like, you know, you live in a tent and you don't care about having nice things and all you care about is like positive vibes and, you know, and that's not necessarily what it is. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. It's not. And 
I think that's one of, you know, the things that I do want to um, get out there is that, you know, you can still drop F-bombs, play sound bowls, and believe in a higher power and energy work and all of that. And um, yeah, and I think it's just being true to who you are. And really, when it comes back down to it, like for me, it was more like I was trying to, um, you know, navigate this whole thing. And it's more, it all stems from love. Mm-hmm. No matter what you believe in, who you believe in, or whatever, it all stems back to love. So if it's coming from a place of love, I mean, who cares, right? right? Like, why would anybody judge you? Or why would anybody have anything to say about that? I totally agree. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a coping me- mechanism, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I- I feel like I've had that conversation about religion a lot of times and we don't have to get into religion, but um, you know, everyone from all over the world believes in all different things, but it all stems from the same thing, right? It all stems from loving the person next to you and being a good person. So yeah. it's, it's like all the rest of it is just kind of noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's taken me a little while though to see that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're all kind of on our own journey. And I think it's just a matter of like coming back to us in your own space, you know, like getting out of your head and dropping into your heart. And I feel like there's so much outside chatter going on that it's, sometimes it's hard to come back. Um, but I feel like when you cut, when you drop back in, you know, and just kind of go with like how you feel and, and what's true to you is what you should go with. Now, did you have something in your life happen where you found energy work or is it, you just kind of got introduced and you just wanted to learn more about it? Like, how did you get into it? Yeah. So, um, when I started my, um, coaching business with, um, hairstylists, um, well, first I had hired a coach and like, that was when I very first got introduced to like meditation and I had never really um, practiced meditation or done anything like that. So after doing meditation a few times, um, there was the one time that I had this huge download that was very, very clear to me, like almost scared me because it was so clear and so just real that, that I was to step outside of my chair and start helping other women. And I was like, okay, what do I do with this? Right? Like that was my identity. I've been doing hair for 25 years, you know? So I didn't, even know what to do with it. And I kind of tried to stuff it away. And like, that's the other thing you can't bypass this kind of stuff either, you know? Um, so I tried to just kind of stuff it away and move forward and, um, just kind of keep doing what I was doing. But then I decided to start helping hairdressers because, um, that's what I knew. And this is the walk that I'm talking, you know? So, um, I went straight to hairdressers and I've had a few coaches and mentors along the way. And I was going to them for like the business side, like learning a new business side of helping other (laughs) stylists. And um, because it's so new to me, you know? And so um, I've had quite a few different coaches and mentors. And along the way, I never really got the business side out of it. I've been introduced to different um, modalities like, you know, energy work, meditation, um, Kundalini, like all of this stuff. And now, obviously, looking back, like those dots have all connected now. So I was intrigued by trauma work also is another thing that I did. And um, so I was intrigued by all of this stuff. And then I just kind of started digging a little bit deeper. And um, then I came across Reiki 
And I don't, I just was called and I've, I've been learning to just kind of trust my intuition and I just go and I had no idea why I was even going or what that was even, what it even was. And then, um, yeah. And so each step along the way, I've kind of just tried to lean in and trust my intuition, even though it doesn't make sense at the time, but everything that you do, you know, is a dot that's going to connect and you can't connect them forward. You know, you can only connect them looking back. So that is um, kind of how I've gotten into it. And um, it's just been so powerful and so amazing. But at the same time, like I said, it was not what I was looking for, um, but it is what has helped me and is helping um, my clients as well. So did you have pushback from other people? Like when you told people, yeah, I want to help hairstylists essentially heal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were people like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, Yeah. And even I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? You know, because I was just like, when I first, um, when I first started coaching other stylists, that's kind of when I realized that, um, I had a gift that actually I would just, um, it was more like, as soon as they got on the phone with me, they were just like, I feel so much better. And it was an energy thing. Right. And so, um, and then I realized that I had a gift to be able to be a vessel and a channel for whatever it was that they needed to hear. And so um, it what it is different and it still is because I, I call in a certain um, client, you know, I call in a certain person, somebody that is ready for that, but they don't really know, you know, but, but they're open to it. Right. right. And so um, that's, and so I did get a little bit of um, pushback because people were kind of confused. And I think people still kind of are because they're just kind of still learning about it some. And um, so, yeah, it's it definitely has been different. But what happens is like when I do my coaching, um, I do one-on-one right now. Um, when I, When they get in my energy and I'm in theirs and we hold something together, they quantum leap, mm-hmm. you know, with what it is that they want to get to. But really, my mission is to get down to the core and to the root of what is holding them back, their limiting beliefs, their mindset, and all of that, because that was what has happened with me. And still, I work on that now, you know, so um, my my deal was to get to the root of what it was and to change the story for them. Um, and so that's why I think it's been so powerful because all because of energy. I think people don't even understand, like, for example, you know, you hire a coach or you're in a coaching program or whatever, and, you know, you're scared to raise your prices. Let's just use that as an example, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you start really thinking about, well, why are you scared to raise your prices? Well, I don't feel like I'm worth it. I don't feel like people will pay those prices. Well, why don't you feel like you're worth it? And then you start getting into, well, when I was younger, my dad used to tell me that, you know, and it's like, and it completely changes. I mean, when we were in Tulum, um, you know, I have done... I guess I would call it trauma work. I don't know what you call what I've been doing for the past five to 10 years, but really trying to figure out kind of why I am the way I am because of what happened to me when I was younger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were in Tulum, it, it was kind of the same, right? Like we kind of thought, oh, well, we're going to learn business things. And then we got there and we really learned about ourselves, you know, or went deeper about ourselves and, and, when I came home, I was so much more confident in my business because I understood the limiting beliefs, you know, that I was having. And then I even had more realizations of why I was doing things the way that I was doing within my business. 
you know, you were next to me in the, and I'm going to say it wrong. I always say it wrong. Kundalini. Yeah. Okay. The I want to talk about that too, because I need you to help me understand what happened to me. So if for the, <laughs> for those listening, we did what I thought was just going to be a calming yoga class, but it actually literally brought me to full blown, like ugly cry. Um, and it was my breakthrough moment. I think it's what I needed the most out of that whole week. And it, Kundalini is breath work and movement, correct? Yeah, it's actually like a it's moving like energy. Okay, so what yeah. the hell happened to me? <laughs> like, like well, what? What is what? What did that do? Like, I know like something about the chakra. <laughs> like, <laughs> help me understand. So, um, I think the easiest way to say it is like with Kundalini, like it's peeling back layers, right? And it it actually moves. Uh, like stagnant energy, energy that sits at the base of our spine. And when, and it, we don't really move that at all. We don't. And um, so that's when they call it like the awakening of the Kundalini. And so it's the an, an energy, right? But this energy kind of moves to those little creases in, in those dark little places that we don't quite get to. And I think it's a matter of, um, it shifts a lot for us. And then also, it's just a matter of um, feeling those feelings that we have um, stuffed or suppressed for so long that we don't even realize we have. Um, and it's not about judging the feelings either, because we need to feel feelings, period. Mm -hmm. Like detached from what made us feel that way, we have to feel all the feels. Like it's part of us. It will always be part of us. It's never going away. And so I think it just becomes a tool to learn how to feel these feelings detached from what made you feel that way. Um, but really when you're doing Kundalini, it's kind of getting to the stuff that we have suppressed and stuffed for so long. Yeah, it was crazy. It, I was so angry at myself. It was weird. And I had, yeah, no, and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, is like, um, you know, every time I practice personally, um, when I facilitate also, like people have different experiences all the time, even, and there's hundreds of different Kriyas and stuff, which the Kriyas are what we went through when we were in Tulum. She took us through a series of um, Kriyas and movements. And so, um, so many different ones affect like the meridian lines, you know, and also Chinese medicine um, with the elements, you know, there's fire, metal, earth, wood. Um, so there's a lot of different things that kind of go into it, but I feel like that's the best way to explain it. It's just kind of peeling back the layers, but it, it does, it is good. It feels good, even though it doesn't feel good at the time. You kind of question it, especially if you're new to it, you're like, what the hell is this? Or like, why'd this come up? Or why do I feel this way? Um, and I think it's just learning to not judge. Right. And not, you know, not judge those feelings and just know that they need to come up and it needs to happen. I mean, it's not always that way. Sometimes you will laugh, you know, and sometimes right. you'll just be super happy, but, um, or energized or whatever, you know, so it's just not to judge it, you know, because yeah, you can super ugly cry and, um, move a lot of emotions and a lot of energy. It was needed. It was so needed. It was just so yes. interesting because it within the first five minutes, I felt tears. Yeah. And for those listening, it's not what the woman was saying. She wasn't really hardly saying anything. 
it was the movements was doing something to me and it, it brought up emotions um, that I didn't even realize I was feeling and mm. um, I needed to feel them just like you said. So it is taking me a long time to understand that I need to feel my feelings. Yeah. And I know that there is a lot of people out there that numb their feelings or don't want to think about them. I mean, numb them, whether it be with, you know, substances or whether it be with work. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you are seeing that a lot with your coaching clients, like people who will just bury themselves into work because they don't want to feel the feels? Yeah, for sure. Or like they do. And then, um, yeah, so they just try to run almost, you know, they're just running from it, whether it be with work, um, some will get into fitness, some get into substances, food, like all of it, right? And so, um, but if you think about it, it's, you know, when going back to like our childhood, you know, we were kind of like when, when I know for myself, like when my kids would cry, I'm like, oh, don't cry here, have this, right? Like you try to hurry up because it's uncomfortable. And, or you're like, I'm going to give you something to cry about, right? Like, stop. So right. it's, it's always like, stop. Like, it's not okay. Right. And so we take that into our adult lives as well. And we don't really realize it, but those have to be felt and, and it's okay. And it's part of it, you know? Um, and I think it's just a matter of like, we hold on to so much. And sometimes some of us can fall into such victimhood. Um, and not even realize that it's totally holding us back and you're only going to keep attracting that same kind of energy. Right. I mean, you can't change your past, but you can totally change your future. Totally. But it takes work, you know, and it's like a muscle. You have to keep working it and not judging your process or the path of it. You know, it's just like you're aware of it and you're working on it. Mm -hmm. And if you fall back into these, you know, stories or these, um, you know, limiting beliefs or, um, you know, running and falling back into like overworking, overeating, overworking, <laughs> like all of that. Like when you do the work though, you have the tools to course correct a lot faster than before. So I think it's just giving yourself a little bit of grace and compassion that I am doing the work. And it is a muscle that I have to keep working, but in the long run, it's only going to be a ripple effect for other people around you. Right. Yes. I mean, cause the limiting beliefs don't go away. Yeah. If anything, they just change, you know, the more yeah. you grow. So it's for like, sure. you just have to know how to cope that, with them. <laughs> you just have to mm -hmm. know, nope, that's not true. Let's move on now. <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And kind of getting back to that, like trigger response of like, why is this pissing me off? Or why is that person bugging me so bad? And a lot of it's just a reflection, you know? So it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of look within and be like, what is it about them that is inside of me? Let me ask that I don't you, like. I have a question for you. So mm -hmm. you are very calm from what I see. Like I see you as just like a calm, what pisses you off? What gets you going? There's gotta be something. <laughs> uh, let's see what pisses me off. I think like just people being assholes to other people really pisses me off. Um, you know, when people try to 
say like, you know, do it my way. I'm a Taurus too. So I'm a stubborn bull. (laughs) You know, so I'm just like, when people are like, it's only one way and that's it. And, um, or they just want to be like, honestly, I have to say like last year, I felt like there was so many different things obviously that went on. And I felt like a lot of people used that as an excuse, just to be an asshole of like, this is how it goes. This is what you should be doing. This is, you know, how dare you not do this, that, whatever, you know, and that, that will piss me off. And so I think it's just a matter of like coming back and just trying to be like, I cannot, like, I just, I try to remove that as fast as I can, um, that kind of energy and stuff, but sometimes you just can't, right? Like it's in your space and it's going to be there maybe for a little while. Um, but I think it just comes back down to like really checking yourself and your energy. And I feel like I try to put like a, a little bubble around me too, so that people can't really mess with, um, <laughs> mess with me that much, you know, they can't penetrate that bad. So, uh, but there are certain things for sure that totally piss me off. And if somebody's like super rude to somebody else or something, you know, I really want to step in and like punch him in the throat, but, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> Right. You know, so it's interesting because I've had this on my mind, um, especially since I started this podcast. And I truly believe that real open conversations can change the world. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest issue with what has happened in the last year, year and a half, is there is a lack of open conversation. There is a screen, there is a comment section, and there are people who want to say what they have to say, but they don't want to hear what the other person has to say, or, you know, just don't have that open communication. And I think that that is the biggest problem right now. And I agree, like, it's very frustrating. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's sometimes it's like, I know for me on my daily life, the conversations that I have, whether somebody agrees with me or doesn't agree with me are great. Like, I love a conversation with somebody that doesn't view the world the same way I do, because maybe I learned something, maybe they learned something, you know, and totally. Yeah. It's just, so it's really interesting. I find that very frustrating. Like, yeah. And it's like, it's what makes us diverse. Right. 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 But I felt like there, it was so challenging, especially for me last year, (laughs) you know, I just was, I just didn't get it, you know? And I think that's what was so frustrating and yeah with these screens and like you know social media and all that like there's amazing parts to it but then there's also parts where like there's no humanity like people just say so much you know evil shit and not even realize that people there's person there like that has feelings it's real you know yep and they just hide behind these screens you know and you're right it's only one way and it's just a projection of just like ugh it's just, that is, that is definitely challenging, but then it's also when you, you know, have people in person that you would see, and it's kind of like that. It's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. You know, it's very frustrating, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you can attack somebody with a meme (laughs) or with a comment or whatever, but you're, you're too scared to just reach out and say, Hey, would you like to have a conversation? you know, and, and there, I guess that goes back to discomfort, right? Like it's uncomfortable to be out of your comfort zone. So it's uncomfortable to talk about something that, you know, maybe you don't know a lot about, 
or mm-hmm. is different for you or, you know, like, and it's just interesting. Yeah. I, that yeah. pisses me off too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but see then what happens. And I think that's, you know, one of the things with social media is that like, it will shift your energy. You don't really realize that, you know, even something that you read, that's not even about you. Right. So that goes back to like what I was saying before, like when people are mean and like rude to other people, and that's where you can kind of go down that rabbit hole. Sometimes when you read people's comments and they're just being an asshole on there and it's like, oh my gosh, but see, that has nothing to do with me. It's not my business, but at the same time, it can totally shift my energy and, and then it will consume you a little bit. It'll start to consume your thoughts some, right. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, do I respond? (laughs) You know, like, and then, or even if you get off, like, you know, if you get off of social media, you turn it off, like it still can consume you a little bit. Like you can still think about it. And um, I think that's where we have to be really careful um, because we're not going to get away from it. Right. Yeah. I mean, social media is just kind of necessary beast these days, you know, Mm -hmm. but I had a situation. um, It was actually, the day or the day after um, they stormed the Capitol. And I was just in a funk. And I don't know if it was because of that or just in general, Um, but my husband came home from work. I said, I'm gonna go walk the dog. And I put in music. It was a nice night. I just felt great. Like I'm walking, you know, down the street. It's wonderful. The sun's going down, beautiful. Well, I walked down this one street and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and every single house had the TV on the news, every single one of them. It either had the the TV on the news or somebody was like working from home, like in their window. So it was like this weird, you know, when you're watching a movie and it's like this like outer body experience. Yeah. I'm looking on both sides of the street and my mood just went back down. And it was like, it was just this like weird feeling where if I look forward, it's a beautiful sunset. I hear my music, everything's great, great in the world. But if I look to my left or to my right, like it's bringing me down. And it was this, the weirdest, like, just pay attention to your path, Misty moment. Yeah. That like, I think about all the time, like daily. Oh, I love that. I love and that. It's like, I needed that at, at that point. Cause it's so true. Like we get so distracted, you know, we get distracted by stuff that isn't even, doesn't have anything to do with us sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? And, and yeah, like. I, that's, I don't talk a lot about, um, a lot of things that happened in 2020 on my Instagram for that reason. If somebody wants to come to me and have a conversation, completely different story, but like, there's something about putting it out there in the world that I don't feel like for me is going to change anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I think some things will, but like, for me, like, it's not, it's not going to change it. It's just going to piss everyone off or piss me off or, you know, it's like, yeah. And it's just interesting. It's interesting. Well, I think there's a point too, to that, that like, yes, this, there is a part where you're like, Oh, it's probably not going to change. But then there are some things like you said that, that will, and it's also going to help people resonate with you a little bit more. And you know what I mean? And like, when we have friends, we have kind of the same values and the same thought process. Right. And so that's how I view social media too. Like I'm going to, what's my intention when I'm putting it out there. Right. right? That's true. 
That's true because yeah. it's kind of one of those like, okay, like I'm, well, and it depends on, I think what we're talking about too, because there's so many factors to what we could be talking mm-hmm. about with 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I think there's a, an issue too with like, um, I know for me and a lot of the topics, I don't know enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know how I feel, but I don't feel educated enough maybe to say it out loud, because if somebody comes at me with something, I might not be able to combat some that, if that makes sense, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting because with social media, again, I agree. Like I only, I don't, I don't want everyone to follow me. I want mm. a real connection with people. I don't give a shit if mm-hmm. I have 500 followers, if, if they're people I'd want to hang out with or totally. you know, talk to in my DMS, but, but it's just an interesting, like, how do you protect your energy and still pull in the right people? You know? I think it's just a matter of like, you know, staying, staying in your path, like you said, like can't keeping your blinders on and, you know, continuing to like, if people kind of are coming, you know, trying to be negative, <clears throat> excuse me, I would just, um, you know, I just, I let it roll off though. You know, I just, I let it roll off and I feel like, but you have, but people still need to hear you. They still need to hear your voice. They still need to hear your opinion. They still need to know your personality. Right. And when, when you're holding back in fear of like what somebody else is going to say, they're really not getting the true you. True. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I think it's just a part of like, this is who I am and unapologetically it comes down to doing the work yeah internal work yeah 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 and 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 it takes practice though it it takes practice of like but it can't be safe you know like it it can't always be safe I always feel like if you don't have haters you're not loud enough enough. (laughs) you gotta have some right you know and so um yeah and so sometimes I, I find it like kind of like a little token, like, ah, oh, somebody is hating on what I said or whatever, um, or had a huge, strong opinion about it. Um, and didn't really want to have a conversation Then obviously it's fine. Right. Like I'm obviously being loud and being out there and being myself. And, um, I'm not trying to, um, prove anything to anybody. Right. And so, I think when you can just show up and just whatever you feel that nudge, you know, that that's what you do. Like, and it's just following your intuition and not second guessing it or judging it. Because when we start overthinking it, like we're in our head and we're totally out of our heart. And I feel like, you know, for you, like you're so heart driven, like, and you have such a passion for what you do that if you're in your head, you know, you're not truly dropping into your heart then people can't really see the, all of you. I love that. I feel like you're coaching me right now. Like you are, <laughs> you are cause this has been on my mind. Um, I actually, I, well, I had a situation happen actually the day um, that I came back from Tulum and it's kind of been on my mind. It, like I forgot about it for a little bit but then it's kind of keeps coming back. And it's like, it's very, it's what you're saying is what I need to hear is all I'm saying, because it was kind of a situation where it's like, well, well, doesn't this, let's, let's talk it out. Like, I, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm one of those people that it's like, but then I'm like, first of all, 
I didn't even know this person to begin with. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it goes into the limiting belief or are people going to like me, right? Uh You know, and it turns into the, but who cares if, if they, I don't want everyone. I don't like everyone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, you don't have the, you don't even have the, the capacity or the energy to, to have that many people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, to have everybody. Right. You can't right. even hold that. So I don't want to. <laughs> trying to please. Yeah. And you don't want to either. I don't either, you know? And so um, that's where it comes back to like, yes, not everybody is for you. And you're going to have people that disagree with you or have really strong, you know, opinions on something or whatever. And, and it's only one way with them. Obviously you can tell, you know, they don't want to have a conversation, right. you know, even if you were to come with them, come at them with like, Hey, I want to have a conversation around this. There's some people that are so blocked off to it that they don't even want to talk to you about it. Right. And that's not your business. So then it's just going back to like, this is not my business. Like for real, this is not my business. If you think about it, it's not your business. Right. And it's not my weight to carry. No, it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, that it can be challenging though. You know, it can be a little mental mind fuck every once in a while. What isn't? <laughs> what isn't? Yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean? at this point, what what is it? Like, I feel like everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like every time you get into a comfort zone, right? And then you're like, your mind is fucked because you're like, I'm too comfortable. I need to grow. Then you do something to grow. And then your mind is fucked because you've got to navigate the newness. And, you know, it just, it's always something. It's always- yeah. And, you know, it's like, we're comparing it though to what we already know. You know what I'm saying? So if we do something new, it's like, oh, this is challenging. Challenging to what? Right. Challenging compared to what? Right. Challenging compared to what we knew, right? Exactly. And so like, it's always going to be that way, especially when you're growing and there's, um, you're expanding. You're always going to have a little discomfort. It's always going to be a little bit more challenging than what you're comparing it to. Mm-hmm. Gloria, you're mom. You are a mom. Yes. How do you incorporate these things with your children, or do you not? I do. Um, you know, I I'm trying. You know, like obviously, <laughs> my kids are gonna have their things. Like we're all gonna have our our stuff. But um, I I try with like to not give them the same limiting beliefs that I had mm-hmm. growing up. Right. Um, and I've also taught my boys meditation early, um, especially since my older boy has ADD, I feel like it's, and I do too. (laughs) And so I feel like it's really helped me. So it's been helpful for him. Um, and so I just expose them and I just feel like whatever, you know, they, they take later or keep or whatever is, is again, not my business it's not my thing um but I just that's all I can really do right and I'm still learning along the way obviously um I have my boys play sound bowls with me they love it you know and sometimes I they just fall asleep you know and I just do it but it's that has just been um you know that's a little bit more recent and so I have a 14 year old and so obviously he didn't get a lot of that like my eight-year-old has right Right. 
So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just knowing that like, we're doing the best that we can and we're all going to have like those things that need to be work on limiting beliefs, all of that. And sometimes it doesn't always come from your parents. Sometimes it could come from a friend in high school or a friend in school or an aunt or an uncle or a grandmother or whatever, you know, like sometimes it can come from totally outside and somebody different or a different situation in all different times of our lives. And so um, I just know that I going to do the best that I can, but obviously they're going to have their own stuff. Everybody is right. Yep. I saw yeah. something one time that was like, um, Hey parents, you might want to do a savings account for your child for their therapy when they get older. <laughs> like, That's not a bad idea. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. They're college. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, because I feel like when they do that work and the mindset work and stuff, you know, then they're, it's a lot more powerful and they have a lot more confidence and, you know, but obviously they need education, but definitely they're all going to need their own if they decide to, to personal growth and all of that, you know? Well, confidence is interesting because I know when I first became a mother, my husband and I had these conversations, you know, where I, cause I, you know, oh, you're so handsome. You're so handsome to my son all the time, you know, and my husband would always be like, you know, you're going to make his head big, you're, you know, <laughs> and there's like a part of me that I still question, like, like I want him to be so confident, but it's like, you also don't want him to walk around. Like I'm the shit I'm a, you know, but do you, because the more I'm learning about limiting beliefs and stuff, it's like, maybe I do want him to walk around and think that he's the shit, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like a weird balance when it comes to kids. Cause it's, it's hard to know, you know, you, you can't, you can't plan on who they're going to be when they grow up, you know? Totally. And I feel like there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yes. Yes, that is true. But how do you like, you know, my mom said I could do anything and I'm so handsome. <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> well, he's got to find out on his own, right? right. Like he's got to see, then that's going to give him the confidence to go try something because he feels so confident to do it. And if it doesn't work out, then he'll probably more likely try again than to just go back to like, if somebody was told, you know, didn't have that confidence, they probably would just quit like the first time. Right. And they would go back to their story is true of like, I'm really not that great. Or I can't really do everything. Right. right. Whereas like, I feel like with your son, with that confidence, if he was to go do that, try something and it didn't work, he's more likely to probably try again. Yeah. And I think that comes in with parents who like do everything for the kid. Like they don't want them to feel right. Like, yeah, they don't want them to feel disappointed. They don't want them to feel sad where it's like, I'm like, you got to feel the feels like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's okay. We watched Homeward Bound this week. I don't, do you remember Homeward Bound? <laughs> I still love yeah, that movie. A little bit. Yeah. Well, a cat go, like flies off of the uh, waterfall and you, in the movie, you think the cat dies. My son was hysterical, which when I was younger, so was I, that part like killed me when I was his age and I'm like letting him cry, you know, and my husband's over there just kind of like, you don't have to cry. And I'm like, let it feel his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. And I think it's important too, for our kids to see us yeah. have feelings too, you know, mm -hmm. because that was a lot of, I think a lot of what people see too, is like their parents didn't show any emotion, didn't have feelings. It wasn't you know, so it doesn't really feel safe to them. So you're right. Like letting him feel that, but then also, you know, letting him see you have emotions too. Right. 
Yeah. When I was pregnant, I read this article about when you fight with your husband in front of your kid to also make up in front of your kid. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because it talked about how most parents, they make up in the bedroom and the kids don't see it. And then they don't know how, you know, to get out of conflict. And I was yeah. like, that's so true. It's yeah. so true. So I try yeah. to, I try to think of things like that. Like even when my husband and I have you know, important conversations. Like we don't really stop talking when, when my son walks in the room, you know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. six, he doesn't really care, get what we're saying yet anyway. But, um, but I, I think it's important for him to hear it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's life. Right. You know? Like we can't yeah. protect them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? I think my only fear is like, mine was such a like chatter. He'd just be telling everybody everything. <laughs> My son got student of the month this month for being, um, being, uh, outstandingly honest. And I'm like, I would, I literally asked, so what do you tell your teachers about mommy and daddy? He's like, nothing. And I'm like, okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. I love that. They are though, man. If you want the truth, just go to like a six-year-old. I mean, they'll yeah. tell you the truth, you know? Yeah. So, so Gloria, you are a salon owner. Yep. You have, you have a boutique salon. How many stylists do you have? Yeah, I have eight. Awesome. So how was, well, you don't have to fully get into it because I feel like there's been enough podcasts where people talk about this, but, um, 2020, mm-hmm. um, how did you deal with that? Were you in like healing overdrive? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it really helped me, you know, because part of my, you know, part of my journey, um, as a stylist and kind of getting into helping other stylists was that, you know, I became burnt out, you know, and I was working so much behind my chair, but I also had this scarcity mindset. And I also had this belief that I had to work really hard for what I got. And, um, I was doing a lot of work on that and changing my mindset and realizing I didn't have to do that. It like, you know, um, money doesn't have to come to me just from my physical effort behind the chair um, because money is an energy, you know? And so I was like really working on a lot of this myself. And so when 2020 hit, it was like, okay. Like I thought I had done pretty good, but because what would happen is I would get um, triggered if like my books weren't super, super full or like double booked, right. I've seen an opening, like that would really trigger the fuck out of me. Um, or if like I had a couple days off, I would start to have this story, like, like my husband was going to think I wasn't working and he'd never said shit to me. It was just right. my own story, you know? Right. Um, or like, if somebody said, Oh, you have, you have, you know, four days off, like that would trigger the fuck out of me. Like I needed to explain or like almost not tell people, you know? So I was working through a lot of these beliefs and reprogramming and stuff. Um, before we got to 2020. So then I was super thankful though, that I had done a lot of that work before 2020 hit, because I really honestly do not know where I would be if I did not, because I, my mindset was so different. I think that I would not have had the capacity to completely keep going. You know, I don't think I would have been able to, I think I would have just, it almost would have felt easier to just kind of let it go. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm super grateful that I had done a lot of that work beforehand, 
but it still was a lot of work. So that's like my heart, you know, just totally goes out to so many that have, that just felt so defeated. Like we all felt so defeated, but when you didn't have, you know, if you don't have the tools and stuff to, to help you through some of those things, like that is just devastating, you know, and it, and it was just so hard. And so I'm, I am thankful that I, I was doing that work and I'm thankful for, you know, some of the people that I've worked with that were doing the work at the same time. Um, but it was definitely challenging and looking back, it was just like exhausting, you know, yeah. and I was tired. And I think I was so tired too, because of all the energy that was around me of all these different emotions and feelings and opinions and everything that were just kind of coming at me. I was exhausted by that. And I don't watch TV. So I was like, just hearing a lot, you know, and people just were so the TV, I watched the TV one day when we were shut down one day. And I haven't watched TV for a long time. But that one day that it was on and we were home and I just, I could not believe how much of a rabbit hole I had gone down and spiraled into a little bit of a pit from one day. Yeah. And so it just really made me realize that like so many people are so like <laughs> glued because they didn't have anything else to do. And like they watched TV anyways. And then like just news was on all the time. And so um, it was definitely challenging for sure. And I'm super grateful that we were able to crawl out of it. Um, but you know, it also, I feel like 2020 was like 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. Like you really got to see the truth of people also, yeah. because when, you know, it's kind of like when you go to spill, a, you know, like you have a cup and you're going to like, you know, you spill it and they're like, oh, you spilled your coffee, but it's just a matter of like what's in that cup when it gets, sh- when it's shaken. Right. Like, so I feel like people were shook and pushed and like the truth came out, Yeah, you know, like, and then it was like, we were like, wow, okay. You know, so that was hard too. Like that stung a little bit for me personally. I had people that, um, were removed from me. Um, but I feel like it was for a reason and, um, but it was definitely hard. It was challenging because I feel like a lot of this pushed people to really show kind of their truth. And when that was exposed, that was hard, you know, it was hurtful. And, um, but it was just navigating through all of that, you know, it's, it was, it was different. And I feel like we're still kind of processing a lot of this, you know, a lot of it still is being processed now. So many different emotions and feelings from what we did not feel in 2020, because there was so much going on, so much distraction, you know, so much of like a fight or flight. Right. And so now that we're kind of, I feel like there's just like this release and we're now we're kind of starting to feel all these different emotions that we really didn't feel last year. Yeah. uh, I think it was Jamie C on when I interviewed her, she said that last year was the breakdown. This year is the rebuild and 2022 will be the expansion. And I was like, I love Mm. that because I feel that. Yeah. I feel like 2020 just took the mask off everybody. Uh You know, yeah. it just kind of showed, you know, in, in people's personal lives, like maybe what needs to be assessed or worked like it just, you know, and then the world in general, it just exposed what was already there. Like it just, it was really interesting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, as much as I hated last year, 
Um, I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm just kind of glad it, I hope that, I hope that things can change in various ways um, for people in general, like personally, uh, because of 2020. So, oh, for sure. Like, I feel like everybody should have got something out of that. And if they you know, didn't, then you got your own issues. <laughs> <laughs> you should have learned something, you know, like you should have learned a few things. And um, also, you know, just realizing like, okay, like, what am I going to do? What, you know, what's next? And how am I going to have and feel the security if anything like that happened again? Right. So um, what do you have going on? What, it, what is your rebuild for the year? What do you, what do you got in the works? you know, I'm just going to do, um, leaning more into the healing work Mm -hmm. so needed. Talk about your soul circle real quick too. Yeah. So my soul circle I do on Sundays and, um, that is where we do breath work and I take you through, um, Kriyas of Kundalini and, um, it's amazing. I love it. And I do, um, some energy work virtually as well. So I kind of help move energy a little bit. Um, and so I love it. You know, I just started it and I have, it's really been going good and eventually, um, it will be a membership. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to bringing more of that kind of healing work, sound bowls, breath work, Kundalini, um, energy work into my work, you know, with, um, helping other stylists. And I already kind of did, like I said, um, but I want to bring more right? and just being okay with it, you know? And even though like, it's been like, you get a little bit of pushback, um, but I know, you know, I already know like how powerful it is. And if it, if it helps one person, I'm showing up for it, you know? Yes. I feel you on that. Yeah. The listeners where they can find you. So I am on Instagram at Gloria Loves Beauty or at Main Boss Babes is my um, coaching one for stylists. And yeah, so or GloriaLovesBeauty.com is my um, website, but I'm on Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> Everyone lives on Instagram. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Gloria, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. Thank you. I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Misty. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you heard, go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Post it on the gram. All of the things. Don't forget to tag me at underscore Misty Jane underscore. And I will talk with you on the next one.